Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to the show, everyone. So today we have with us Zach Stuckey of Homeric Consulting, a customer-centric operations expert who helps high six and low seven-figure CEOs and business owners fix profitability, scaling, and quality issues. Hey, Zach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, oh, so welcome. Hey, can you expand a bit more on you know where you are with your business today and the kind of people you love working with? Yeah. So um, where I'm at with my business today is just in this in this growth phase where I'm working to um, you know really help a lot of these these businesses that are struggling to identify the real reasons why their customers are hiring them. And then design their strategy and their operations around that so that they can reach their full potential and profitably grow their business. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think that just about answers that one. That's so simply and beautifully put. But I think there's an awful lot of power and weight in that because to identify the real reasons why people are buying your product or service, um, sometimes I, I guess. We don't actually know, or we assume, oh, how many of your clients assume they know one thing, but it's actually something completely different? Oh, it's quite often. <laughs> it's it's quite often. Um, see, see, here's the thing is that um, your customers, they fundamentally don't buy a product or service, but we think that way. On the, on the business side, on the supply side, we think that way. But the truth is, is that your customers are hiring your product or service to help them make progress in their life. Um, We call that the customer job or the customer job to be done. And when you understand what that job is, then you can design your products and services and your operations around that. But nine times out of 10, again, we're thinking it's our offer stack. It's not your offer stack. Your offer stack is a means to an end. Mm. You want to understand what the end is. Okay. So what, what is it that you have to help your clients to work through or overcome? Like traditionally, what's the number one thing that you see time and time again? Oh, geez. <laughs> um, okay. So one of those things that I see a lot is this. It's almost like this unwillingness to let go of that product that they've designed or the service that they've designed because Mm. that's their baby, 
right? And I totally get it. It's like, no, this is my baby. I love it. I built this and it, it does great things. And that's totally true. But you have to separate out that from your value as, as a business, because the value that you're bringing as a business is helping your customer do that job, make that progress. And again, that that product or service is just a means to an end. It is not inherently valuable. The mm. reason why people buy a quarter inch drill is because they want a quarter inch hole, not because they want a quarter inch drill. People buy a toaster, not because they want some shiny little object that's going to take up space on their kitchen counter and get used for pretty much one thing. People buy a toaster because they want toasted bread. And so, you know, helping customers move through that mindset shift of my value isn't based off of this thing that I've created into my value is based off of the outcomes that I generate for my clients and the progress that I help them make mm -hmm. is a, it's a monumental shift for some people. It's a huge mindset shift. So how, let's say there's a new client come through and how would you help guide them to to see whether something is fundamentally wrong and needs to be tweaked and changed so that they can better serve their clients or whether there's something else that's not quite working. What, how do you navigate those sort of two roads? Yeah. So the, the thing that I help them with is, is first helping them understand who are the clients that they should be working with. Right. And then once they understand that, helping them have conversations with those people. If they're having those conversations with those people, then they can hear from the horse's mouth, as it were, hey, this isn't working for me. Or, hey, mm -hmm. this is the progress that I'm trying to make. And those conversations can be, <laughs> they can be brutal. Um, they can be really harsh because it's like, you can go into that conversation and you can't, the, these cannot be scripted, Mark. They can't, you, you can't go in there with like, I'm going to ask you 10 questions. And in these 10 questions, I'm going to get everything I need to know. That's utter bull crap. Anyone who says that they're doing market research and they can understand exactly what you need to know from 10 questions is lying to you or they're naive. The fact of the matter is that you have to have like a 60 minute unscripted conversation with people where you're going to be able to ask them really like really uncomfortable questions. I had a situation where I had to ask somebody because I believe in eating my own dog food. I, I do this kind of stuff for me all the time. And um, I was, I was uh, talking to this one guy and I had to ask him and suss out like circumstances around something that was making him near suicidal. Like I had to make him go back to one of the darkest days of his life. And you can't get that from a simple set of 10 survey questions. But from that, I gained massively valuable information that I can then use to design not only my sales and marketing language, but also my product or, or service that I deliver to my customers, my, um, operations. So how I deliver on that product, uh, I can start cutting things or scaling back on things that don't help that customer make progress. And it helps me basically build this business model. That's not only, um, profitable, but it's also scalable and it doesn't rely on me anymore. Cause a lot of businesses, 
the business owners build these businesses that that are fundamentally non-scalable because it all relies on the business owner. So I think what you're beautifully describing there is to actually set your business, your product up to one, be of service, is to actually know what the hell it is you're actually helping them with. What's the transformation? What is the process they're trying to improve? And then by listening and tweaking or completely changing it, you will be able to solve that real problem rather than here's a big shiny solution, right? Oh, absolutely. See, businesses think that that a lot of a lot of people think that growth comes from these big shiny solutions. You know, uh, if I have the biggest and the shiniest solution out there, then I'm going to win. Uh, but they're they're kind of wrong. <laughs> um, the fact of the matter is, is if we look at a simple case study like the iPod, right? So the iPod comes out in the end of 2001, 2002. And if we look at the sales numbers for iPod, it's like 300,000 units were sold the first year it was rolled out. That number triples to about 900,000 units. Um, and that's just on the iPod alone. They didn't have iTunes or the music store yet. So Steve Jobs understood this concept of jobs theory because he was working with the guy who actually created it. And he goes out and he's, the guy's a nut about learning about his customers. So he's listening to these customers and they're saying, you know, this iPod's really great. These MP3 players are really great, but it's really hard to get the music that I want on these MP3 players, right? Because I've got a collection of CDs about a mile wide and I can fit it onto this tiny device, but I don't know how to get it from the disc onto the computer and onto the device. And Steve Jobs says, aha, that's the key. So they build out this music store in iTunes. And the year that iTunes rolled out, they 9X'd their sales in iPod units. So they went from 900,000 to 8.1 million units of iPods sold. That's a massive jump, especially for a, a recently introduced technological innovation. Now, most people are going to say, oh, that's the, that's the marketing that did that. But I call, I call foul on that because um, they had been doing the same marketing the previous two years, and that wasn't doing it. It was the introduction of this way to easily get the music so that they could scale down their, their CD collection and carry their music with them. Mm. See that now we can quote all the gurus, whether it's Steve Jobs and his methodology, um, Alex Hamosi with the value equation, understanding, okay, how to make this quicker, how to make this easier. Those are the two biggest things you just done there with iTunes and the iPod. You've made it so much easier and so much quicker that it just blows everyone else apart. Look at exactly. Netflix. That's how that grew. All these different places. It's like, oh my gosh. So just to use your language there, finding the key. Mm -hmm. If you can find the key, so be around your clients, have the right conversations, real conversations, listen and find the key. And that is the key to your offer, your business, success, or actually just fucking helping them to get what they want if you have the expertise, right? 
Right. And that's, that's the key, right? Is it's like, if you get so wound up in having the perfect offer or so wound up in success that you're giving all of this crap meaning, right? Like you're not going to be able to have the impact that you needed. Business is, is really simple here, guys. Like to do well in business, you help people. That's you serve people and you do that better than anyone else available. That's how you do well in business. Yes, but as human beings, we have this superpower to overcomplicate everything. <laughs> That's very true. That's very so, true. Let's make this real. Maybe for you and your journey, where, oh, crumbs, where did you overcomplicate things? Where was it that you um, sort of maybe found or realized, ah, I'm not actually doing what I know to be true? Where did you overcomplicate things and how did you simplify and then saw, ah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it's, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain here, gang. But um, the fact of the matter is that um, the thing that I really screwed up on for a long time was that offer, uh, was giving meaning to dollars and cents and all of that stuff, like saying that if I have X, then it means Y. Mm. Um, if I have this number of sales, then it means that I'm a valuable person. And like I tied up my own individual value as a human being into the number of sales that I could bring through the door such that my happiness was tied up into that. And it was actually impacting my relationships with my wife and with my four kids at home. I was not a happy guy to be around a lot of days because it was like, all right, time to go back into the office and hear no a bunch of times today. Like, but, but when I, I, so I actually had to do a lot of deep personal work around this, uh, and, and worked with, a uh, she's, she's, uh, neuroscientist, but she mixes like hypnosis with this neuroscience to rewire your brain and uh, worked with her and basically rewired my blueprint around that so that it was um, no longer about my individual worth comes from, you know, the number of sales that I close at the end of the day to no, my individual worth is inherent, but my mission in business is to be a conduit or to channel the knowledge and expertise that my target audience needs in order to make their mark on their customer and on the world. At that point, it sounds like that's the turning point. That, is a point that was a complete awareness and mindset shift. Just It's just a shift in perspective. Um, so once you got that i mean logically you get it yes you rewire your neural pathways however emotionally <laughs> your body can take a little bit of time to to catch up so you're kind of hitting this on two levels what was it like for you for your, for your nervous system to have that complete understanding and i guess the knock-on effect to family life parenting all that good stuff yeah um so the day that i i had this experience um I was literally shaking, like shivering for 25 to 30 minutes as my body just rewired and connections reformed. Um, 
one thing that physiologically happened is my core body temperature went up, um, which was really interesting. Um, but the other thing is, is like, uh, C.S. Lewis talks about, he, he has an essay that he wrote called men with chests. And it was almost like, I felt this balloon in my chest, like inflating again. And like, I felt a lot more courageous and a lot more bold with my language and, and an mm. ability to call people out on their crap. Um, but on the parenting side, it made it so that I was able to be a lot more playful with my kids and like get into this child ego and be fun dad again, instead of being super stressed, uh, always kind of grumpy dad. And, you know, that made all the difference in the relationship with my kids. And obviously like, I'm not perfect. I still go in and out of these moments where I, I have this realization. Oh, I need to realign. Oh, I need mm -hmm. to realign. But you know, the, the more I do that realignment, the longer I have these periods of, of being that fun, goofy child ego dad. Yeah. That right there is, is perfect. I mean, the ability to catch yourself in the moments. We can all go through this life-changing, amazing epiphanies and rewiring and just understanding something that we've never seen before, but now it makes perfect sense. But we are creatures of habits and these things still can come in. And whether it's mentally, physically, or environmentally, it might be things within your house, within your phone that actually trigger and bring you backwards. So it's how to manage all these three aspects, which is key. One thing you said there about play, I, I can't emphasize this enough to be able to move the slider of your feeling back into play rather than stress and hustle. If you have the power to catch yourself and move it back in, if you're more playful and whatever that means to you, oh my gosh, how much more fun is work? Are your kids, your partner? It's amazing what this can do when you just come back to, come back to play, playfulness. Um, again, so simple, but so, so powerful. Oh, absolutely it is. And I, the way that I think about it is like, if you think about, and picture in your head, you've got, uh, I love baseball. So let's say that you're on a baseball team and you've got two potential coaches and they're standing right in front of you. And one looks super grumpy and like a military drill instructor. And he's just going to get in your face and yell and, and scream. And the other guy looks happy. Their ability to deliver is the same, right? Um, the results that they get are the same. Which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose the happy guy. Because the happy guy is going to make you enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it. He's still going to make you run laps and he's still going to make you practice the, you know, the, the double plays and the triple plays and things like that in baseball. He's still going to make you do hitting practice. He's going to do all of that, but he's going to make it fun. And there's something about neuroscience where it's like, if you have fun doing something, it sticks more in your brain than if it's like a drudge over and over again. Mm. What would you say to anyone who says or thinks, no, I, I need the drill instructor. I need that aggressive person. That's what gets me going. That's what brings me success. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I really, 
if that's the job that you need to hire someone to do, great, do it. The results are what matters. So if you need someone who's going to yell and get in your face in order to get you to do what you know you need to do, go ahead and do it. You, I think, will probably see a lot more fluctuation emotionally than if you're working with the guy who's happy. Um, but if you feel like that's what you need, cool, man. <laughs> Just go get the results. That's all I care about. Just go get the results. Nice. And now we're going full circle back to just the results, just what you're trying to achieve for your clients. So finding the right thing for you. I mean, you know, in the entirety, if that's what you need, then just where is that impacting other areas of your life? Are you able to switch off? Do you stay in that place? If that's your happy place, God love you. Go for it. It's not mine, but have to find the thing that's right for you. I think that's the important thing. Find the right way for you. So let's look at your business going forward. Where are you going? What, what, what's your target for, I don't know, this year, the next three years? Where are you focusing your time right now? Yeah, I'm focusing my time a lot on um, just trying to increase my voice. So like amplify my voice so I get more people out there. Because to be quite honest, I don't feel like this came from me. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get super vulnerable here and I'm, uh, whatever. Um, I feel like this was a gift from God. Um, what I do is a gift from God. And I feel like I would be remiss if I did not do everything in my power to get this out there, to let more people hear about it, to, mm. to help people see that they are actually doing themselves and their customers a disservice by only focusing on the offer that's right in front of them when they could be doing, you know, a million different things uh, way better than they were before, or one thing way better than they were doing before. There was one guy that I was working with. Um, so they were in a medical space and they realized that they didn't have just one customer. They had two customers. and each of these customers, so one was a referring physician because this was a highly specialized doctor that I was working with. One was a referring physician. The other one was the actual patient. When we understood the job that both of those customers were hiring that, that uh, practice to do, mm. we changed. We changed our marketing and our sales messaging to focus on that referring physician. We changed our policies to focus on that referring physician. But our daily operations focused on that customer. And as a result, we basically took that business from, you know, where the business owners were having to take out SBA loans in order to cover payroll to being an eight-figure, highly profitable business within four years. It, it was yes. To be able to not only help that business to do it but look at the knock-on effect look at how many lives how many um households that actually touches with financial with the results of service it's huge yeah it is and and that's the impact that i love helping my customers make because not only do you have an impact on um you know your business your employees 
your family, your customers and their families. But the thing that a lot of people fail to recognize is that when you do well financially, you can turn around and pay that out to your community. The entrepreneurs that I know are among the most charitable people that I have ever met. And they are regularly donating to different charitable organizations and causes that are making their community a better place. And that is because they recognize that I need to give back. I need to help other people. Mm. That makes the world a better place. Like this is the magic of business. This is the magic of capitalism. And we've forgotten it. So for you, it's impact. That's your driver. I want to make an impact in the world. I want to make a bigger impact. By association, the money will come. The money will... Actually, the money won't come. The money will flow. Because that's what you're saying. It's just you get to hold on to it for a second and then it goes out. So the money will flow as you yeah. grow your business. The, the time, oh, you get to spend your time in ways that actually further fuel that impact. So for you personally, it's impact driven. That's what you're about. That's what you want. That's your, that is your selfish need. It is selfish. We all need to find that. Again, you're on the Unforget Yourself show. Unforgetting yourself. Remember that you matter. Your happiness matters. We just all kind of forget along the way. That little bit of selfishness. You really enjoy helping other people. So how selfish of you to try and help so many people? It's a good thing. I like that. Again, just reprogramming, reframing it. Um, and being playful with it because why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? So what, what would you say is the, the biggest thing right now that's stopping you from having the impact that oh, you so, so want to have? Um, you know, as we've thought through this, one thing that, that comes to mind for me is giving meaning to way too many things. Um, you know, it's, it's a hard habit to break of, especially because we as humans are like meaning making machines, but you know, you get a no from one person, you get a maybe from another person, you get a follow up from that person. Um, what you're really hoping is to hear that. Yes. You know, you're really hoping, yes, come on my show. Yes. Be our keynote. Yes. Do the, uh, yes. I want you to fix my business. Um, And it can be really easy to give meaning to all of the things that aren't yes. And so that's something that I think is an area where I'm working really Mm. hard on is not giving meaning to things other than just, it's not the right time right now, or, okay, you know, just there's, there's no meaning to this. It is what it is. And just moving forward, having faith that I am on the path that God needs me to be on right now. Mm. Two core things there. Again, the faith, the trust that, okay, this is the right thing. This is the right strategy, methodology, um, way of working, but also just stepping backwards with, okay, what meaning? As humans, we all put meaning towards so much stuff. Me personally, it was, oh my gosh, worry. I, I could worry about everything, past, future, in the moment. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> once I was able to understand, okay, what is the root of that? And I'll be vulnerable. Personally, for me, it was it was a fear of loss. That was one of the biggest fears I had until I really unpacked that and saw, okay, where is that coming from? Has it truly gone away? No, I'll be lying if I said it did. But I'm able to understand it and see that. And once I can see this, that little devil on my shoulder, fear of loss. Once I know it's there and that's trying to control, it's like, oh, okay, that's all it is. And then I can, again, reframe, choose yeah. what I do. So I think that awareness, whether we truly unpack it or not, every single entrepreneur always has imposter syndrome. We always do. And if you haven't yet, you will hit a level where it does kick in. <laughs> it's natural, unless you're superhuman, which God love you. But yeah, finding these things and understanding it, I think can be so impactful. And it doesn't have to destroy you on the way. Well, and there are two things that you said that really stood out to me is this idea of the difference between strategy and tactics, right? Like the strategy is... Um, the, the big picture vision of where you want to go and, and the 50,000 foot view of how you're going to get there. That's your strategy, right? The tactics are the things that you're implementing in order to reach those milestones in your, in your strategy. All too often, we get so wound up in the, the, conf, the conflation of the two, where we think that strategy are tactics and tactics are strategy. It's not true. Tactics are the things we can change. Tactics are the things that we should change on a regular basis to make, to make sure that we're making progress, right? It's the strategy that we probably should take a second look at and make sure that, that the tactics are aligned and make sure that that strategy is getting us where we want to go. Um, but also, don't be in haste to change that. So it's like applying to what you're saying. If my strategy is, you know, I want to avoid loss, um, then the tactics are going to be a certain set of tactics. If the strategy is, I want to gain, you're going to have certain tactics. You're going to have a certain way to implement that. And I think that all too often, like I was saying, we don't understand that difference. And so I love that you were talking about this set of tactics of, of just bringing things back into alignment with that strategy of, you know, this may be what, what my, my lizard, my monkey brain is saying, but this is what I am choosing. And how do I bring things tactically back into alignment with that strategy that I'm actively choosing? Mm. Let's let's just pick pick one thing and, and just give some something cool to people listening. So, okay, well, if if it's sales, everyone thinks they need more sales. Okay. And solopreneurs, oh my gosh, you're the marketer, you're the salesperson. So let's break it down to you know, sales conversations. Looking at, okay, what's the driver behind that? Once you understand what it is, if it's the need for the sale, <laughs> then you the other person's gonna feel it. It's not going oh, to yeah. be right. The energy is going to be off. So strategy to be able to give as much value as possible to find the right clients for your business and how can you best help them, but also to be able to maybe before that calm your body, do some, some breath work to calm the physical aspects. Maybe come into meditation to drop your brain waves from beta down to alpha, get a bit more, just a bit more clarity. 
whatever is right for you, back to nuance again, whatever is right for you to drop your body into the right zone, to mentally well, and- understand what your perspective, what your approach is going to be like. And then I always like to just sprinkle a bit of play on there. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that you can do, and this is a really simple thing, is if you relax your jaw and relax your tongue and pull it away from the roof of your mouth, it activates your parasympathetic nervous system and it will actually quiet negative self-talk. And it will will activate the same emotions of care, love, and empathy that you feel towards other people, towards yourself. And so that's another simple tool that you can use even in the moment, just for 30 seconds, just Relax your jaw, bring your roof down from the top of your mouth and just like you talked about doing that breath work and just like, it's, it's amazing. It's like this switch that can be flipped, but you know, it allows you to get back into where you're at, remove that meaning. And like you say, sprinkle that play in there, you know, like tell a joke. Here's, here's a good one. Okay, Mark, I'm, I'm going to give you a good joke. And, and I want your listeners to think of this one. Um, what do you call a chameleon that can't change its colors? Go on. A reptile dysfunction. Beautiful. (laughs) Oh, dude, love it. So, you know, just like have fun. Don't, don't give meaning. Don't take yourself too seriously. Have fun. Yeah. And hey, Unforget yourself. Remember that you matter. Remember who you are, what you're doing. Yourself. Because what's the line everyone else has taken? Yeah, I love that. Anyway, look, Zach, thank you so, so much for sharing not only what you do and how you help people, but yeah, a bit of behind the scenes of what it's like for you as you grow, as you create more of an impact in the world. Thank you for sharing. It's, it's been a pleasure, Mark. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Um, look, if people want to find out more about, about you, where can they find you? Uh, they can look me up at businesslegendconsulting.com. So the name of the business is Homeric, like Homer, the ancient Greek poet. Uh, the goal is to turn your business into a business legend. So businesslegendconsulting.com. Uh, they can find me on all the Twitters, on the Facebooks and the YouTubes. Um, just search Homeric Consulting, Homer like Homer Simpson, IC Consulting. Super stuff. Well, everyone, if you're curious or like, hell yeah, I need some of that, check it out. Thanks again. This has been so much fun. Thanks, Mark. I've, I've loved it. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their (laughs) earballs. All the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.